3: Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family.
4: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios.
3: TCL,
2: America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, as well as at Score North. I'm Robbie Makhlouf, along with Judd Zolgat. If you want to get in on the show this afternoon, 651-646-8255 is the number to dial. Or tweet us at SKORNORTH. And right now on Twitter, at SKORNORTH, the tweet just went out. We're looking for your draft day trade proposals. Matthew Collar he brought some to the table yesterday, and we as a team, the three of us, Judd, Matthew, and myself, we accepted or rejected them with Matthew in the GM chair, Judd yeah. as a drinking Mike Zimmer, and me as... I wore many hats. I was a personnel guy, I was a PR guy, I was a coach at one point. And eventually you quit. And then I quit. I quit midway through the segment. Because well, you tried to take the
1: third draft, I wanted, or the third the, trade. No, I wanted the second the, one. You okay, wanted I the won third, third one. one. Yeah,
2: and he—you he went with you, and I said... You need to put some respect on my name and value my opinion. And I walked out of that wall. I don't
1: remember you saying that, but if you had I would have laughed
2: heartily. I didn't didn't say it. I should have I should have thought of it then. It's one of those you know how you have those situations where you walk away and then and then you're like, Oh, I should have said that like George Costanza with the jerk store. I should have said, put some respect on my name. And, and value then, my opinion, and, then, and then, then stormed out. Yeah, that's what should But not respect. 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 Yeah, respect. put some respect yeah. on my name. <laughs> yes. Exactly.
3: Have so, you ever seen that video, Jed? Oh, it's so good. No, oh, it's don't so great. I think I have. Birdman <laughs> on The Breakfast Club a couple of years ago. It's fantastic. Still just funny. look it up. It's awesome. I just
1: like how Rami said it
2: now. <laughs> so send us those trade proposals, and we will uh, get in the war room, Jed and I. And, uh, accept or reject your trade proposals. That's coming up at 140. Between now and then, Matthew Collar, who is, uh, live at, uh, Winter Park, where, uh, TCO TCO. Performance Center. I'm sorry, TCO Performance Center in Egan. Winter Park's the old place. Okay, my bad. Which they used to go to constantly. He's there because Rick Spielman is going to get up at a podium and say nothing for 15 minutes. No,
1: he's going to thank all the scouts and executives (laughs) and coaches. And he's going to say that they're fielding phone calls. And then he's going to tell you that they're going to take the best player available in the draft on Thursday night. I know he's going to do that.
2: So (laughs) Matthew is going to join us at 1240 and talk about his column, which you can read right now, at scorenorth.com. And and much, much more draft talk between now and 2 o'clock. Two-hour Purple Daily as you get every Tuesday here on Score North, the only place where you get Vikings talk five days a week, Monday through Friday, every day at noon. But wanted to start off the afternoon uh, with sort of an oral history of a column that Judd wrote today. The best draft picks of the Judd Zulgad era since yeah. he started covering the Minnesota Vikings and their draft picks. So
1: I covered the uh, Packers, as most people know, for the Star Tribune in two thousand.
2: Three and four, which, which is weird to me that the Star Tribune well, had a Packers beat. Game. It was a different time, right? Yeah, it was a different time. Did they have a? Did they have like somebody in no. throughout the division, or it was no. just
1: Vikings and Packers? No, the the f- philosophy of the people that ran the paper back then at that time was the Pioneer Press was competing in, in Western Wisconsin by going to cover tons of preps, mm. and so the publisher at the Star Tribune said, "What can we do th- that will uh, cause people in Western Wisconsin to want the Star Tribune?" Cover the Packers, Packers, right? So I covered the Packers in two thousand three and four, which meant I covered the two thousand five Packers draft, which of course is the one that Rogers fell to them at what twenty fourth or so. So anyway, my first Vikings draft covering them was two thousand six. So I am now at I'm going on my fourteenth draft. So last night I sat down and perused the 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 previous thirteen drafts, and what I tried to find was the best. And worst picks rounds one through. Oh best and worst. And worst. I'm sorry, I left
2: out worst. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Picks well, of course, me. <laughs> picks one uh, or picks first round through fourth round. And then only the best picks five, six, and seven. Because in the starting the fifth round, there's just a ton of guys who do any time basically. A
2: productive football player in rounds yeah. five, six, or seven. So That's a no bonus. Wo- so
1: there's no worst because right. there's a ton of guys that just uh, simply don't make the sure. team at that point. So do you want, and there's certainly room for debate here, Mm -hmm. do you want my best and worst? We can start with rounds one through four. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Best first-round pick in the past 13 years now, I think without a doubt, has to be Adrian Peterson. Fell to these guys with the seventh overall pick in 2007. He had been hurt. And so teams were a little bit scared of that. I was gonna say, but I couldn't remember he,
2: why he would fall. He had a. I c I wanna it say it was a collarbone.
1: a collarbone deal, and it wasn't a big
3: deal. It was this I mean, it was an issue, but it wasn't that big a deal.
2: Now did did he
3: I'm trying to remember if did he hurt it in like after the season or did he hurt it because his last during the season. Okay. During his
1: last season, I believe because his did. last
3: game was that Fiesta Bowl they lost to um uh Boise State.
1: Yeah. And and but he started to fall. And it's one of those weird ones where at first you're like, he's not going to get to seven. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's getting to seven. And then he's at five, and you're like, this might happen. And then he's at six, and you're like, darn it. <laughs> but but that was not, it was not a great pick because by the seventh pick, it was an obvious pick, right? but that is, that is a pick you couldn't pass up. And for as hard as I've been on Peterson through the years about various differing things, when Adrian Peterson got here, yes, he could not really block, and yes, he he was not I would what I would call an adept receiver, but when that guy got the football in his hands, he was beyond dynamic. He was fun to watch. Uh the runner-up, best first round pick, Harrison Smith. Safety that the, the Vikings took in the twenty with the 29th pick in two thousand twelve, and what's interesting about this one? They traded down to get him, didn't they? No, they actually. Oh, they traded up. They I traded. Up. They traded yeah. Okay. They they took. They traded down from picks three to four with with the Browns. So the Browns, in their infinite wisdom, could take <laughs> Trent Richardson. <laughs> the Vikings then took Matt Khalil. Wait for it, because we'll get back to him in one second. Uh huh. But then at the end of the first round. Spielman sent. In fact, I looked this up this morning. Spielman made a trade with the Ravens, which is one of his best trades of all time, where he sent two picks to Baltimore. I believe it was a second and third round pick to Baltimore, but he sent two picks to move up and took Harrison Smith. Fantastic trade. Absolutely great trade. The, I mean,
2: yeah. If you can, uh, if you can dish off Trent Richardson onto the Browns and get Harrison Smith instead, you you did something there.
1: Second and fourth round picks, the worst first round pick. And this is, and by by the way, this is how things have turned out. So people will say, "Well, this guy was great his first year," but the worst first round pick, based on where he was taken, the expectation, and the fact that he made the Pro Bowl. I believe it was an alternate, but he made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Has to be Matt Khalil. Your fourth yep. pick, your 10, he was, Rami, Manny, he was going to be your left tackle for 10 years. Yeah, that was,
2: like, that yep. was one of those sure things. Like, you draft McLeal, no you plug him in at left tackle, and, and you your, forget, your about, you forget about that yep. position for a decade. Yep.
1: And that's what we all said. And right. his first year, he was magnificent. That's what drove you crazy. Mm-hmm. His first year, Rami, this guy was otherworldly. You thought to yourself, he's going to get better. And he started to get hurt. And I don't know what else transpired.
3: He had the well. He had the Ugh. the incident with the fan, right? Where he like, knocked out the hat off. He knocked the hat off he the fan's face. And yeah. but
1: it was just it was weird. I be- don't remember that. Oh, in fact, I think it was after
3: a Packer game, right? Is there video? Might have been, yeah. I well, I, yes, I think there is video because somebody took it. It's on, on YouTube their, on their on their cell phone, I think.
1: Yep. He he walked out and and a fan was right there by the gate. Basically, is like, hey, Khalil, why don't you block somebody? And the fan was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact, come on! The Whoa. fan was absolutely correct. It would have been nice.
3: Yeah. Walk
1: Matt somebody Matt, Matt Khalil's legacy in the state of Minnesota, Rami Maclov, will be pizza. <laughs> what? Why? Pyology pizza places. He opened a chain of restaurants <laughs> called Pyology. Called Pyology. Are they still around? Were they any good? I want some pizza. Uh they might be, but that's going to be. He's going to be remembered for not blocking defensive ends and pizza. <laughs> now, now the runner up for the worst first round pick and I'm curious if you agree or disagree because I left off a real good potential one here. My runner up for worst first round pick in the Vikings last 13 drafts of uh 2006 to 2018 is Christian Ponder.
3: I'm actually surprised he wasn't the winner.
1: That's yeah, I leave, was going to say the same thing, Manny. The that's right out of my mouth. That leaves out though, Laquan Treadwell. Now the <laughs> only the only hair I'm splitting there is that Ponder was the 12th pick in 2011. Treadwell, of course, was the 23rd pick in 2016. But yes, this is a very subjective exercise. So you could certainly push to say that Christian Ponder. Based on position, based on expectation, and again thinking that he would solve a Vikings problem that has existed for how long, that Christian Ponder makes a
2: solid case himself to be a top. Did anybody but Rick Spielman think that Christian Ponder was that when he was drafted? Did you guys was there any anybody here who thought, oh, no, Christian Ponder is a savior? We finally well, figured out quarterback. The thought was that the Vikings had kind of reached right, Judd
3: to take him. Yes, but I think I think there was the there were the rumors that like Washington was really hot on him and that's why the Vikings instead of like trading down to still like get him that they just they just took him yep. with 12 or at 11 or whatever it was because Who? because they thought they thought Washington was going to take him and Washington had Mike Shanahan at the time.
1: Google that draft right now. I I have always termed it the musical chairs quarterback draft. <laughs> It was 2011. Was the draft where everybody realized, "Oh my God, we need a quarterback." And if I'm not mistaken, Cam went one to Carolina, yep. and that that I contend to this day worked out just fine. Mm-hmm. But after that, that was the uh, Blaine Gabbert draft, the Christian Ponder draft. Go Jake through that, Jake Locker. Jake Locker, who Jake Locker went eight, who the Vikings liked a lot. Yeah, but of course we we found out that, that he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, literally.
3: And that was also the draft that. I think it was Mayock that said that he would take Gabbard over over Cam, right? When I went, he thought, he thought Gabbard was like the best quarterback in the draft. When
2: I went to the combine, there
3: were a lot of people that said Gabbard is the best QB in this draft.
2: I never saw that. I never. I saw him play just a little bit in college, and then I saw what he did in the combine and at his pro day, and I was like, I
1: think the combine brought him down.
2: What then. is? Because I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I got
1: to the combine before QBs through... I want to say that there was a prevailing philosophy among some that Gabbert should be the top overall pick in that draft.
2: And I remember the first time I saw him play in the NFL, and I was, and it was clear to me. The first time I ever saw him step foot onto an NFL field, I was like, this is not going to work. This guy is nope. not going to be the quarterback people thought he would be. I can't remember ever, Judd, ever seeing feet that bad from a guy who was that highly touted. I'm dead serious. It was, it was dead from the start because,
3: one... First and foremost, he wasn't good, and maybe even and less so, he went to Jacksonville. Yeah, that, right? uh, yeah. Like that, I mean, you're doing the fact that with. he wasn't very good, but and then he, he d- goes to Jacksonville was just it was a complete disaster.
1: That first round after Cam, quarterback wise, as I recall, was a
3: disaster. Yeah, that was Andy Dalton in the second round. Yeah, Andy Dalton went and, and Kaepernick as well, right? Kaepernick, yeah. No, nope. I'm then, saying, um,
1: but the first round guys were um, were Cam, which was fine. Jake Locker, which was a disaster. Blaine Gabbert, a disaster. Christian Ponder, a disaster. Oof. And teams were desperate. Everybody, and that that was one where everybody thought we'll just fill our need now, and
3: okay. it was a. complete... Complete gong show. Look at the, some of these names. So after Kaepernick, Ryan Mallet, Ricky Stanzi from Iowa, TJ Yates, Nate, something called Nathan Enderly from <laughs>
2: something Top, called Nathan Enderly
3: from Idaho. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor was a sixth round pick, and, and uh, Greg McElroy was a seventh rounder to the Jets.
2: But the scary
1: thing about that is. Tyrod Taylor was a better quarterback actually as a professional than a Doesn't, lot of what you went through absolutely. Yeah. in the first round. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. No doubt about
1: it. So Christian so yes, Christian Ponder, I I put Khalil one, but Christian Ponder number certainly two. makes a case to edge Maclin. See,
2: I might I might say Christian Ponder is number 1 just because of what it means to either swing and and hit it over the fences when it comes to a quarterback or swing and miss. Like what that means to a franchise sure. in terms of The, 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 the progress, a franchise moving forward and getting better. Like when you draft a quarterback, it's either make or break. Like this guy is going to, this guy is going to hit and he's going to carry us to some really, really successful years or it's a miss. And we just set ourselves back at least two years while we figure out if this guy is anything. And then we go get the next guy with Matt Khalil. I mean, it's great to have an offensive tackle, but... But that high, though. That high, that's yeah. That's why I, absolutely. I put him first
1: because he was the fourth overall pick. That's, I, that's even, why.
2: even missing on a tackle with the fourth overall pick, I don't think is as big a setback for a franchise as missing on a quarterback who you thought was the savior.
3: But it's interesting because we've seen several quarterbacks get drafted high or get drafted in the upper half of the first round and, and completely flame out and bust. We almost never see sure. offensive tackles get when a tackle in is, the top
2: five no. and not pan out. Yeah, when they're as highly touted as Khalil was that year. And like they're Judd always, said,
3: they always turn out to be good. The
2: first year, it looked like <laughs> it Not here, Manny. Not here. Not in purple. <laughs> and then he teases you with that rookie oh, yeah. year. He's like, yep, yeah. you he, got it. You hit it. He had a Pro Bowl season, right, Ronnie. Yeah. He was really I know. good
1: as a rookie. The, the 2000, to go back to ponder for a second, the 2011 Vikings situation was so dysfunctional though, that 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 was the last year that it was. It, it had gone from um, Childress in, through two thousand through the time that he was fired, November two thousand ten. He had control of the fifty three man roster, and Spielman sort of worked for him. Okay, so in Childress was de facto GM basically. Childress in November two thousand ten gets fired. Fra- uh, Frazier is promoted from DC to head coach. The Wilfs then decide that Spielman and Les are going to do split duties. So, like, Les is going to have a say on personnel, but not as much as Brad did. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was so dysfunctional that by the Ponder draft, I'm not joking, Les Frazier wanted a veteran QB to come in and sort of ease things in, which was not a bad idea. Sure. You know, let's get a veteran. You draft a guy, and and I'll play a veteran guy I trust. That veteran guy. Donovan McNabb. <laughs> footballs, I kid you not, footballs were skipping off the Metrodome mm-hmm. turf. McNabb got to Mankato in training camp and declared he was going to all the fast food restaurants available. He was in worse shape than me. He was in worse shape than <laughs> you and me combined. <laughs> and that's a really not a healthy person. I remember Chunky McNabb. But do you recall yeah, oh yeah. he... He got to Mankato. Was he doing Chunky Soup
2: commercials, too? I think they had dropped him him by then
1: (laughs) because he was such a (laughs) non-factor. But he got to training camp, and Rami, he declared that he and the O-line were coming, and he gave, like, five restaurants. Hey, KFC were coming, Burger King were—and he he was dead serious. And I think he was trying to get free meals. That was your starting quarterback, and then Ponder— I. I believe it was around week five. It was a primetime game in Chicago on a yeah. Sunday night. Yep, replaced him. Not surprisingly, the team did not do well. No, I believe they won three did that games. Did not go well.
3: They were three and thirteen.
1: Yeah, they were three and thirteen. Frazier didn't lose his job until a couple years after that. But uh, Spielman was named the GM and given sole control of the fifty-three man
3: roster. And had a very emotional press conference too when he. Was named Rick. GM, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the only
1: time I've seen him come close to crying. Yeah, because he knew what crap he was taking over. You
2: yeah. know what's funny about Matt yeah, Kaleel right. is that because people don't really know how to measure or judge offensive linemen, the Pro Bowl and the name value that he got from the hype leading up to the draft, that, like you said, he lived up to for the first year. I think the perception outside of Minnesota and people who weren't watching the Vikings on a week to week basis. Was that Matt Khalil was still a really good left tackle for like five years after that? I, rem- I remember, I, rem- I swear, I remember being in Suckers. Milwaukee. I remember being in Milwaukee and people were like, why don't we just do what the Vikings did and use a high draft pick on a left tackle and protect our franchise quarterback? Enough messing around with these second and third round guys. And meanwhile. You guys really didn't want Matt Khalil. Packers fans could have had him if they wanted him. Oh, he was <laughs> yeah. It, was, well, and, it got awful. And
3: Rami, how much of that too though had to do with just Big Brother Ryan being a being, being a pretty good center yep. for Carolina for for a yep. number of years. That like added, he was, Ryan was pretty good. For
1: that a adds while. to the
2: name value. Yeah. I, yeah.
3: I, I think if you play o line
1: and you're good for if you're really pretty damn good for a year, people do assume you're just good. I think you're right. I think that people look at that and be like, well, he had a good, if he had a good first he made year, a Pro Bowl. he must still be really good. Remember when he made a Pro Bowl? Because <laughs> you're right. You're right. There, there have been, been guys who, who get cut. I'm like, how can that guy be cut? Last time I looked, he was, oh, he's not good now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he stinks now.
1: <laughs> Second round. Second round. Yeah. Best pick in the last 13 years. Real quick,
2: can we save the second round for the next segment? Because while we were talking, I looked up the Matt Khalil story about him knocking the dude's hat off. Oh, yeah, okay. And I found a play-by-play. Oh, of course. Of what actually (laughs) happened. (laughs) Oh, sweet. As uh, Ben Gessling, uh, he reported on the story, and then the guy who... Matt Khalil knocked his hat off. He replied to Ben Gessling and gave him his side of what happened in the story. And this is what he said happened. He said, we just watched Matt Khalil cost us the game. So when he came out, I really didn't want to see him. So I said to him, where do you want to be traded? And he was on his phone. And when it finally registered with him what I said, he turned and then he told me to get the bleep out of here. And then I said, I'd rather have your brother than you on my team. And he walked away like he didn't hear what I said, but then he turned back and asked me what I said again. And then I repeated what I said again. And then he proceeded to grab my hat off my head and throw it on the ground and mumble some stuff. I didn't hear. I then threw my program in his face. Then the police escorted me to my tailgate site. And then I was chilling. I'm team fan. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm team fan.
1: If McAlell had been as dedicated to pursuing rushing defensive ends as he was that fan, he would have been a pro bowler far more than one time.
2: Now, within this article, there is a link to the video at Deadspin. And the guy, first of all... Matt Khalil is on the phone. He goes out of his way to walk over to the guy, set his bag down, and he didn't grab his hat. He just knocked it he off his head off. with, yeah. like, a backhand yep. flip. And the guy made, tried to make himself sound like a tough guy. I threw my program in his face. Matt Khalil was, like, 10 feet away already. and <laughs> And the guy threw his program in the direction of Matt Khalil, didn't land, didn't hit him in the face or anywhere else. Uh, Why do you lie on Twitter when you know there's video out there? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I threw it
3: in his face.
1: I I don't know why, but all I know that is makes that me
2: questioned everything else of his account. Is what that? What, if, what did he
1: really say? If Khalil, you said something about his mama. What happened? If Khalil had been as dedicated to actually stopping defensive ends, <laughs> it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. He's a guy that I contend just didn't ultimately like the sport that much. I really think he was hurt. He he was never a true fat guy. Like he was always no. fairly thin. And I think he's just a guy who was like, uh, you know, I'm I'm decent at this. I'm good at the sport. I make a lot of cash. I'll just continue to do it and and open my pizza restaurants. But after a while, if you really don't like the sport,
3: I think you're you're done. It was just amazing to see when he went on to Carolina and the Panthers gave him a good chunk of money too. And just reading through the tweets of, you know, the Panthers are losing to somebody and reading through the tweets of just all the Panther fans. Repeating a lot of tweets that a lot of Vikings fans had here for well, a his few bro- years.
1: his brother was super tough, right? Yeah. Ryan was like a f- football football player. Mm-hmm. Center. And Matt was like, you know, I'd like to make pizza. <laughs> I'm not joking. He was. That's basically. I mean, he goes and knocks the guy's head. Hat off If you're, if you're going to go confront the fan, confront the fan. Like, yeah, I'm going to knock your hat off. Who cares?
2: He was very <laughs> deliberate and nonchalant about I know, it, too. But, but <laughs> he, he walked over, he yeah. set his bag down, flipped the hat, picked up his bag, turned around, walked away, never skipped a beat in his phone conversation, by the way. Stayed on the phone the whole time. Right, so there's no dedication here. <laughs> If you're going to do it, do it. And if
1: you're not, just you keep go walking. Are you guys
2: this or not? Thanks, Manny. All right. An oral history of the best and worst picks of the Judd Zelgad era. If you want to read the column, it's up at scorenorth.com. We'll move to the second round right after this before we talk with uh, Matthew Collar at 1240. You're listening to Purple Daily on score north on 1500 and score
4: It's Purple Daily on score north because
2: the vikings are on your mind all the time not just during the season purple daily on score north scorenorth.com
4: with the 23rd pick in the 2016
2: nfl draft the minnesota vikings select laquan
4: treadwell wide receiver ole miss all right, we all know he ran 465, but you either believe in this kid and his game or you don't. Now, he's a natural hand snatcher. He will win the contested 50-50 catches.
2: That is some that is some football-y football talk right there. What
4: was that last part from Mayak?
2: That was something. You will win the 50-50 balls, but he's a hand. Does he say he's sn- a hand n- snatcher? Natural, Sna- natural okay. hand snatcher. Yeah, that sounds like a horror movie. Doesn't <laughs> 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 <Hen, laughs> it? hand
3: snatcher, starring Laquan Dreadwell. We
2: did that a few weeks ago yes. on uh, on Mackie and Judd with Robbie when they had the glossary of draft terms. Yep, and some of the some of the, some of the draft terms are just so good, and you only hear them around the NFL draft. They you hear them for like two weeks a year. And it's, it's it's like going home for Thanksgiving. That's what it's like when you hear those draft terms every year. Natural hands snatcher, and he's going to go up there and get those 50-50 balls.
3: Well, the big thing with Treadwell, too, was the catch radius, right? Yes. That's when we found out what catch radius was, yes. was with Laquan Treadwell.
1: Unfortunately, really can't run the right route, and he can catch the football. But when Occasionally. He when he doesn't have defenders around him, because that sort of creates problems. And the worst part now is that Kirk Cousins will throw him the ball no matter what, like he's actually a competent receiver, and
2: that creates problems. Anyway... According to him, he thought he had a great year, though, Judd, in What's funny is when, uh, I don't remember who, I don't know who said it, but they said, look, you either believe in this kid's game or this not. Mayock, yeah. And I was looking at at Judd, and he shrugged his shoulders like, yeah, well, that's true. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> that is true. I'm sure. You either do believe in him or you
1: don't. You know what, then? Trade him to Oakland. Because Mayock works there now. Yeah. So
2: if he believes in this game, trade him to the Raiders. <laughs> it is draft week. It is Purple Daily. That's Judd Zulgad, Manny Hill, alongside I'm Rami Makhlouf. Show us your mock by tweeting. Tweeting SKOR North, a screenshot of your predictions for who Minnesota will draft in all seven rounds of this year's draft. Tweet them at Score North using these two hashtags. Hashtag ScoreMock, skormock mock, and hashtag contest. The entrant with the most picks correct will win cool Score North gear. And for a free draft simulator, visit score keyword draft. We'll talk with Matthew Collar. He's out at the uh, Rick Spielman press conference ahead of Thursday's draft. He's going to join us at 1240, but we've been going through an oral history of a column Judd wrote for ScoreNorth.com. The best and worst draft picks by the Minnesota Vikings in the Judd Zulgad era. Past 13 years. The story cherished Judd Zulgad era. Starting with
1: 2006. Yes. And they're darn lucky that it doesn't start with 2005 because that's one of the worst drafts of all time. That's the Troy Williamson Erasmus James draft. Let's just say it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Best second-round pick in the past 13 years, tight end Kyle Rudolph, 43rd pick out of Notre Dame in 2011. The runner-up is linebacker Eric Kendricks, who the Vikings took 45th out of UCLA in 2015. It's not nearly as much fun as the worst, though. (laughs) Manny Hill is going to Rami. Rami, I'm guessing that you won't even recall – this name because you weren't here and if you weren't you certainly didn't watch him mm-hmm. Manny will recall this guy very well mm-hmm. this starts the era this is during the era of when the Vikings could not coach up corners to save their life and they kept drafting them at various times <laughs> the worst second round pick since 2006 Chris Cook 34th out of Virginia, Virginia. in 2010 Yep, I have no Do recollection of Chris you Cook should. I don't four seasons as a Viking Thirty-four games, second-round pick. Okay, second-round pick. No interceptions, not one interception nah. in four seasons. In four seasons, and then he went and played another year in San Francisco, and I don't believe he had one there. And he's been out of the league since then. No picks
3: in four seasons as a second-round pick. And Who he had plenty a, of uh, plenty of opportunities. And he was a bigger-sized corner yes, too. He was. he was over. He was like over six-two, maybe six-one, six-two, and yes, he was over two hundred pounds. Like he was. In some in some ways, he was kind of the Mike Zimmer prototype, right? Yes, he the was. Guy, yeah. He was the type of guy that Mike Zimmer likes. He likes Mike Zimmer likes the the tall, lanky, long armed corners. And do you know where
1: where he had in purple? Where Chris Cook had his best moments, without a doubt, hmm. Mankato practice. He had some awesome practices. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. There was one practice so good that that Scoggins and I, at, at that time, covering the team. For the Star Tribune, I, I looked at Chip and I said, We got to write about this. Like three picks in one practice. Never, ever in a game. Yeah, that means
2: nothing. I know it does. That really means absolutely but when you're, but nothing. But when you're
1: but when you're a beat guy covering a team
2: in training camp, oh, it's not just the beat you, guys. You get excited by the smallest things, Rami. Yeah, no, we're just so football starved. By the time training camp comes around, yeah. that give us give us anything that tastes like football. Give us tackles. Give us interceptions. Give us how many touchdowns the quarterback threw in practice. Did he drop mm-hmm. it in the bucket? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me he dropped it in the bucket. No, you're, oh, are oh, you're, <laughs> and you and, and the runner up is so right up the
1: alley of second. Second round picks with what you just said. The runner up for the worst second round pick, by by the Vikings since two thousand six,
3: Tavares Jackson. Mm. And 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 Judd, you cannot utter that name without um, uh, um or uh, um. You just you just can't. You can't. He is like forever left. Yeah? Oh yeah, he's this guy. Yeah, this guy.
1: It's Bridgewater and Zim, right? mm Hmm. As much as, as much as Teddy was in, to this day, in my mind, remains Zimmer's guy, yeah, Tavares was Brad's guy. Yep. And, and I think that I believe that Childress orchestrated the trade with the last pick of the second round with Pittsburgh to take this kid out of Alabama State who, as I recall Childress told us, he's got a hose. He's got a hose <laughs> for an arm. But Rami, you hit it. You hit it squarely. Because there were practices where you would watch Tavares Jackson and you'd be like,
2: oh, wow. Right. We got something here.
1: Yeah. You just hate it. You're a thousand
2: percent right. But it's mm-hmm. just you're so starved. You're thirsty for football that you'll take any any little bit that you can get and you will just run with it. And mm-hmm. it's the best thing you ever tasted. It's and, so tasty.
3: And the thing with Tavares, too, there were moments in, there were moments in games where you, to, to Judd's point, where you thought, okay, they got something. I remember I remember the uh the last game of the season at Denver <laughs> when Williamson had the yeah, ball go the, off w- his Williamson, Williamson That's the greatest a pass
1: couple, Tavares yeah. ever threw. Yeah. <laughs> Deep ball to Troy. Troy streaking free. Nothing's going to stop him. Ball. In fact, you you can find this Right now, oh, yeah. ball hits off Troy's mask and <laughs> falls to the Invesco Field turn. He's, he's on YouTube right yard. now. He's 20 yards yeah, clear sure. of
3: any defender. What, what should That's I That's the search? best part about it. What Troy Williamson,
1: uh-huh. Broncos, 2007. Right. 2007. Yeah. Regular season finale. Troy's. I think I remember this game. There, there was the deep pass that bounced off uh, Troy's face mask, mm-hmm. and then there was a crossing route that he crossing dropped route as well. That Perfect Hit him
3: right, in, hit him right on the eight and the two. Perfect throw. Right in between the eight and the two. Bounced right off his chest but Tavares created his own problems
1: too man his out routes guys are still picking that off and going back for touchdowns yeah there it is You're, (laughs) you're watching isn't that awful it hit the man in the mask (laughs) it hit him square in the mask it
2: hit him right in the middle of the face and you can tell Tavares Jackson is not happy no he he shouldn't have been he just stared daggers through Troy Williamson right there oh that was that was comical I want to put the Benny Hill music over that that's what I want is that not
1: a gorgeous Looking throw though
2: the other yeah that's a great throw the yeah. other takeaway that that I got from watching that video is thank God for HD man was it just that that short a while ago that oh. we were watching that bad of video quality y- yes it was oh my God that's brutal I know it is <laughs> I know it is
1: there are so there are so many like old sports things now you, you go back and watch and you said did I really sit that's there not in front even of that long ago that's no. tw- how long ago was
2: that five years for uh, no
1: two thousand seven Two thousand seven. years ago twelve years ago yeah my math isn't great. But yeah, there's the crossing route. Wow. That was that's against, the Bears. That was that's a Bears, the Bears game. Yeah. That's
2: a different one that went well, off his face.
3: He had the seventh one. Seventh
1: overall pick, by the way, in 2005 on Troy.
3: He he had the, was it the game in San Francisco, maybe? It was Chili's first year that they lost in San, where Troy had like three or four drops in the oh, game. And,
1: yeah, and Peterson ran for negative three yards or something. Mm-hmm. He was a non-factor. Yes. There were a lot of moments like that, Manny Hill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did, so you more, more did you have more? Did you have more you wanted to touch on in your oral history before yes. Collar joins us? I will give
1: you uh, third and fourth round. All right. Third round, the best. Daniel Hunter, without a doubt. Eighty eighth pick yeah. out of LSU That's in great. 2015. Yeah. This kid was raw. This kid was athletic. But third round? Uh runner up third round. Pat Elfline, center, 70th pick out of Ohio State, 2017. The worst? Okay. I'll finish here because this is the greatest. Okay. I told you about the Chris Cook pick, right? Well, the Vikings were were continually starved to find cornerbacks. And one of their go-to places for about two or three years was the third round. They thought, we don't need to take one early. We'll get one in the third round. We're, We're smart. We'll develop them. They had no chance. The worst third-round pick in the last um, 13 drafts by the Vikings, according to me, Marcus McCauley. Mm. 72nd pick out of Fresno State in 2007. Now, here's where it gets compounded and funnier. Unfortunately, not for the Vikings. The runners-up, I awarded two. Same position. In 2009, they turn around and draft Asher Allen, third-round, 86th pick. In 2012, they try again, this time take a kid by the name of Josh Robinson with the 66th overall pick oh. out of Central Florida. Now, what do these guys have in common? They're bad. Yeah, that too. <laughs> McCauley lasted two years. Asher, three, before, before he retired and I believe became a preacher. And Josh Robinson actually had a fighting chance and lasted four years until Antoine Winfield was let go. And Rami, Antoine played the nickel corner and he was a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, he was phenomenal. unbelievable, yeah. right? Yep. Josh Robinson, the poor kid, had never played the inside in his life. Winfield leaves here and they say to Josh, you're the guy. The lasting impression still, and you saw this, is Aaron Rodgers just throwing at Josh Robinson every chance he got. And poor Josh, you you would think to yourself, that ball's going to hit him, and it would just blow by his ear hole. That was, and, and that is why... That's the lasting image? Yes, that's why my appreciation for Zimmer and his ability to develop corners is so high after watching the absolute... Not as people, but the absolute garbage as players that this team tried to continually develop at a what is a difficult position.
3: And very quickly before we break, remember Judd when they would put him and Josh Robinson was he was a smaller corner too. He was what about five, ten, hundred and eighty five, hundred and ninety pounds. He was not a big guy. And the right. Vikings and right. Leslie Frazier would put him on Alshon Jeffrey. Like he would be, he would be trying to defend Alshon Jeffrey in the end zone. And he had oh, no that's shack. another
1: one. Yeah, you can find that highlight. He had no shot Against the Bears, it's just... <laughs> I, think it's your guy, I think it's your guy Cutler just picking him apart. You went from Antoine Winfield, who was outstanding, to this poor kid who had never played that spot. Never. In his life.
2: Not a good choice. So those, Not a sound decision. So
1: th- those are your first uh, three rounds for the past 13 years of the good and the bad of the Vikings draft. If you want to read rounds... Uh, Four through seven. Check out my piece at Score. And there is more
2: detail on rounds one through three than what we got into here. You got that right, Judd. Judd, This took some time. Oh, he. How long were you sitting there hammering that thing out last night while I was making Chipotle Ranch Cheetos? Oh yeah, you know what? My phone didn't
1: work because I didn't get the invite. Um, (laughs) I was. uh, I believe it took basically the entire Twins game. (laughs) Really. Well, I had to go wow. back through all the drafts and Dude, find worked. and find guys and then find things about them that were compelling and or disgusting if they didn't do well. Can I ask a
2: question real quick before we break? And the culprit may be in this very room. He may be sitting behind that camera as we stream live on Twitter, Facebook, sure, Twitch, um, everywhere else. Who put out the tweet yesterday with all of our predictions for the Vikings this season and tagged what? us all in it? That was S- you, Seth. Yes. That was you, social media, Seth. Because my timeline has just been flooded with a war zone of people who want to debate how many games the Vikings are going to win. Why is this even something that you debate and go back and forth with people with on Twitter? Like, we don't know who's right. You can't call anybody an idiot for their prediction. Like, make your prediction. Oh, no, they can. Let's see it happen. Whatever plays out, take a screenshot if you really want to throw it in somebody's face later. Take a screenshot. Remember their Twitter handle and fire back at them when they win the ninth game and that person said they would only win eight. Like, but what is the point of going back and forth on twitter on win predictions in my timeline <laughs> in my timeline i don't want this well you, predi- you predict it. it got
1: out there it's out there now and is people there, are upset that is, you're not
2: more positive is there a way on twitter and if there isn't this is the second thing they need to add after the edit feature is there a way on twitter that when i'm tagged in a conversation i can just untag myself and get out of that thread so it doesn't take over my timeline does seth that exist is shaking
1: his head and seth Knows all basically when it comes to damn you Seth Twitter MySpace and Facebook. (laughs) You know what I say? I didn't ask for this. I say Rami wants your vitriol. (laughs) I say Rami wants your your vile. Oh, I don't I don't mind your
2: hate. I don't mind vitriol and back and forth on Twitter when it's things that are funny or that I care about. But this is just nonsense. Put a roof on it exactly. I've annoyed so many people with hashtag put a roof on it. I'm good. I'm good with pettiness on Twitter. But this is just. This is just pointless and flooding my timeline, and, and I've had enough of it, and it's all your fault, Seth. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. My picture w- looked good, so I don't care. Somebody who I'm sure, my picture is all right, uh, the crop job. The picture
1: that you tweeted last night of you, of you before 300 plus after, pounds. back when the Bucks won a playoff series last time, might be my favorite picture that I've seen in the past week.
2: When I looked like a fat magician? Yes, you can find that at Rami is but tweeting. But you don't look as fat Twitter. as you were. No, I hit that it picture, well. Yeah, you I did. I it well. Hey, and you got a
1: nice coat. I got to get that coat. I was probably
2: around 300 pounds in that picture. That it, coat is key. It's And it's hard to find a nice coat when it dra- you're 5'8". It you're drapes, five, eight, it drapes really well, though. <laughs> I want that coat.
1: He to life is looking skinny. Who cares? Somebody who
2: who I'm sure is enjoying all your debating over the Vikings record in 2019. Matthew Collar, he'll join us next. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North.
3: North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family, in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health care game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. It's Purple Daily on Score North.
2: Football. It's what we're here to talk about, football. On Purple Daily, on Score North, on 1500, and scorenorth.com, the only place where you will get Vikings talk five days a week, Monday through Friday at noon, and every Tuesday, which it is today, you'll get two hours of that Vikings talk. I'm Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill alongside, and uh, the guy who usually is here hosting this show at this time, but today he's out at the TCO Performance Center to see Rick Spielman say a lot of nothing. It is uh, Matthew Collar, and you can read his latest column at scorenorth.com. How are you this afternoon, Matthew?
4: Uh, I'm good. I wish I had a counter to that, but I can't blame any NFL general manager for not giving away their entire draft plan, especially when they're in the middle of the first round. But uh, we always do kind of look for the thinking and the strategy, at least as much as we can get out of that uh, for the Vikings this year. And I think what everyone wants to know is, are you definitely taking an offensive lineman at 18 or absolutely unquestionably taking an <laughs> offensive
1: lineman at 18? Hey, Collard, just tell Rick, tell Rick when, when Rick steps up and starts to talk, say, all right, we know that you want to thank your coaches and executives and scouts, so just skip that part. Because every year the opening is this is this whole thing about we've been working around the clock and we're taking tons of phone calls and I'd like to thank Scott, and then he goes on this long list of people. You know that. Tell them to cut to the chase We all know that those folks work hard. We don't need them thanked for the 14th consecutive year.
4: Well, I think uh, you get just about as much out of the thank yous as you do a lot of the answers. Uh, So there, there is that, I mean, you know, look, it's one of those things with the pre-draft press conference where it has to be done because everyone is consuming a crazy amount of draft information right now. And they want more draft information. uh, But you know, it's, it's one of those things that probably could wait until after they have some actual players, you know? Um, so I kind of look forward to what they say about the draft picks that they get after they get them on draft night more than today. But, you know, I I guess we'll just look for what the strategy is going to be at 18. I mean, they're not going to reveal if they're going to trade down or not, but it's always um, possible to get a feel for what the thinking will be and some of the factors that might go into it as, uh, You know, I proposed you guys a bunch of trades yesterday. To me, that's one of the things that's going to be the biggest on the table. And then also just the general feeling about the roster right now. I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit, but there's holes in a lot of different places or future holes in a lot of different places. We're sort of reaching a a really interesting point in the trajectory of the Mike Zimmer era here, I think, where a lot of the players who were stars are now on the back end of that stardom and, you know, how they approach this with a lot of players approaching 30 will be really interesting to find out.
2: Do you think somebody will ask Rick Spielman if he has enough money to sign these draft picks that he's going to get this (laughs) weekend? And if not, how he plans on making enough money to sign those draft picks?
4: Yes, that is one of the top questions that should be on the table. And, you know, I was taking a look through last night, just are there any other players who they could restructure and things like that? And and the answer is always yes, that there are players you could work out different types of deals with. Linval Joseph is one that hasn't been brought up really at all, but uh, after next year they could essentially cut him and not have to pay a whole lot of dead money. So would he consider a restructure or something like that? We've mostly talked about Kyle Rudolph and Trey Wayne's the possibility of trades, but you know they are very, very clever when it comes to the salary cap, and I never doubt that this Vikings group has a way to figure out how to make a couple of million bucks where there doesn't seem to be any.
1: Tell us about the story that you posted yesterday on scorenorth.com because it gets into a very interesting question, I think of uh, really who can you trust, perhaps, when when it comes to draft coverage and draft insights, and who can you uh, not trust so much, Matthew Collar?
4: Well, and it also gets into, and, and thank you for that, it's at, it's at the middle of north.com right now. Um, but it, it also gets into sort of you know the trajectories of people who make careers out of covering the draft as well. And, and it is a very interesting <laughs> business if you spend a lot of time on Twitter, on social media – And you're looking for people to follow. I mean, it's always a good thing to follow the people who work for the major outlets. You know, you're Yahoo Sports, Sports Illustrated. Stuff like that. I mean, those people are doing a lot of reporting, and more likely than not, have long histories of reporting and talk to teams and get you know, nuggets of information from teams and scouts and things like that that helps them do their reporting. But there's also a lot of people, including our friends at the Draft Network, that are helping us out with our Draft Sim contest. A lot of those people that work for for that website, they were just sort of draft enthusiasts working for smaller sites on the side, and then they were brought together to make it a full-time gig, and they covered the Senior Bowl, they covered the NFL Combine, and they're actually doing real reporting to go along with their draft analysis from watching the film. And I, I think in one way it's amazing because the thirst for this event is is so high that people want more, more and more draft. It was the highest-rated draft ever last year. But at the same time, you also have a lot of people parroting or spouting information that might not be all that great or might have been stolen from other people. And uh, that makes it very difficult for fans to figure out what's what when it comes to the draft.
2: So, Collar, and I feel like we're talking about real news now, how does a draft enthusiast know what out there on the Internet is worthwhile and what is hashtag fake news? Because it sounds like you're saying there are – there are some frauds out there who are either a reporting things that they have no idea what they're reporting on, or B are just reporting things that other guys are reporting and claiming it as their own.
4: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, for one, you look at kind of what that person's history is, what their background is, you know, somebody that that we've worked with a lot is, um, you know, uh, Joe Marino from the draft network. And I have followed his work for a really long time, interviewed him a number of times And you see all the things that go into the background of of his work, the effort that goes into it that is his. And he has his own sort of stamp of how he does it. And that that goes for a lot of the people who just work for websites and things like that, where they have maybe their own specialty. They study wide receivers. They study offensive line, like our friend Brandon Thorne um, from the Trench Warfare podcast. And so there are a lot of people who are not necessarily working for the big outlets who have interesting and smart takes on things. But as far as um, you know, the, the people who are are not as trustworthy, I, I'll tell you it can be very difficult. I mean, you've gotta gotta really be paying attention, and, and in some ways, you almost have to be in media to see like, hey, wait a minute, why is this person reporting something that was on a player's Instagram? Like something like that, <laughs> that should be a red that should be a red flag for you if they're saying it was a source and it was actually on the player's Instagram. <laughs> but again. But you'd have to be spending all day on the Internet to know these things. So I, I do, um, in a way, like see it as a sign of the times that there are a lot of people who want to get attention, want to be seen as experts who aren't. But then it's also, from the other perspective, really cool that people are making careers out of grinding college football tape and having you know fun conversations about the draft. For me, uh, years ago, I used to ignore this. I mean, I'd look at who they picked and whoever the team I was covering or wherever I was and be like, okay, that's fine. We'll move forward. And now it's draft sims all day long, draft articles all day long, because that's what people are interested in, and I think that that's awesome.
1: Give me a top uh, three of, of people that you trust the most as far as their opinions on draft coverage, Matthew.
4: Mm, well, I mean, are, are we talking about mainstream too? Because, I mean, there's just there's a lot of people who are uh, well, sure. our friend Eric. Sure. Yeah, our friend Eric Edholm, who works for uh, Yahoo Sports, is one of my top. I mean, I'll always take a look because he's been doing it since nobody was doing it way back in the in the early 2000s. With Bush bomb, there. right? Uh, yep, yep, exactly. Uh, they worked together at uh, Pro Football Weekly way back in the day. So I'll always follow what uh, Eric has to say. Um, uh, Doug Ferrar from, I believe he's with USA Today now. He comes on the show sometimes, really like his stuff. And for offensive line specifically, my buddy Brandon Thorne, who's been coming on our podcast for a long time and just has always nailed it. He's detailed. And what you really look for, and this is a good sign, is if the people who you're looking at their draft coverage, if they're doing interviews with people in the industry, getting that information firsthand, not just – watching the tape and kind of making it up as they go along and calling themselves an expert because they play Madden and like football, but like doing the work and, you know, Brandon's podcast, he interviews offensive linemen, actual offensive linemen and learns from them or someone like Doug Farrar, who is, you know, going out there in locker rooms and things like that and learning from players and talking to personnel people. I think that's what you really look for when you're trying to get the right information. I would also say from NFL.com, Lance Zierline. I include, his write-ups in a lot of my stuff when I do draft analysis, uh, because even though everyone is going to get some wrong now and then, if you go back and look at the concerns and the projections uh, and the ups and downs for different Vikings players, usually Lance gives you a really good outline of what that player could be and what they are right now. And I think that's what you're really looking for is not people who tell you they know everything. I saw someone yesterday say, that they were 100% this one prospect wide receiver would be a great NFL player. And Judd, you and I have been around enough NFL teams to know there is no such thing as a prospect who is 100%.
1: Laquan Treadwell is going to be a really good player. You just wait. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, your exactly. patience, your pa- you know, the key is patience here, Matthew. For what? For Laquan <laughs> Treadwell. Oh. He's going to oh, come yeah. he's going to come around. You know he will. I, I thought you just meant like in
4: life, like well, that I agree too. With that, but oh I, no, I no, no! no football.
1: Forget that in life. In life, <laughs> impatience is key. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah. You Hurry know, another, up! Another four years of learning how to run those routes oh.
1: <laughs> and code words.
2: You know who I trust to talk football and write about football. Matthew Collar. Matthew Collar. Yep. Matthew oh, Collar. That's, okay. very, that's see that nice. Brought it back. And find his column at scorenorth.com. Draft Sims, Twitter wars, and the rapidly changing world of internet draft coverage. It's really interesting stuff. And I don't tell you that often, Matthew Collar. Really interesting <laughs> stuff that you wrote over at scorenorth.com. As always, I'm kidding. Right. Always good stuff. Thank you, Matthew.
4: Thanks, guys. Appreciate See you.
2: Bye. It. Have a good one. Check it out. ScoreNorth.com and follow him on Twitter if you like draft sims we and mock a- drafts and anything that has to do with football at Matthew Collar. Oh, we got a big trade. A big trade. Involving the Chiefs and Seahawks. Should we talk about that next? After the break. Sounds good. Our to first me. draft week trade has gone down. We're going to talk about it right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and ScoreNorth.com. Football. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More. Save $1 each
0: sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.